I V M. She has dabbled in theater, passed her CA, and finally landed in television business, where he spent twenty-two years launching channels like Z Cinema, UTV. She served as the chief operating officer of UTV and senior VP at National Geographic. A challenge in her life came when she was diagnosed with cancer, but now nothing deterred her from living life. She bounced back, and now she trekked to Everest Base Camp. And since then, she has not been looking back, and focusing on her adventurous journey. Meet my dear friend Dilshad. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Dilshad. Thank you, Vishal. Thank you for having me here. So, uh, no, we know each other for like God knows how many years now. It's like two thousand six, two thousand and seven, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, oh, almost, Ronnie almost, brought us all together. Almost ten years. Yeah, and yeah. a lot has changed in your life since then. And of course, my life. I still remember <laughs> the time we spent together in Ambi Valley. Where you gave me this huge lecture, where I was—I remember I was like almost 120 odd kgs. Yeah, yeah, and I remember whacking you on the hand and saying, "Stop dipping into that extra samosa or whatever there was on that table." Yeah, yeah, we moved a lot since then. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm the one giving health advice. You're the one giving health advice now. Yes, that is so funny, isn't it? Exactly. Tables exactly. have turned. Exactly. Yes. So that was literally the peak of your media career, right? I mean, yes. you were heading uh, UTV's yes. entire uh, world. Mo- it was the world cinema, right? Yes. The, the new yes. channel, the world Chani, movies, the yes. world movies channel. Yeah. Uh, you were COO there, yeah. and before that, you were with Star and all these things. What happened? What made you leave media? I want to, before I go into your media story, I want to know why did you leave media at such a high of your career? Uh, I was there for 22 years, Vishal, and I felt that um, I had stopped learning. It, um, in fact, I got my high when I uh, worked with Ronnie for that 18-month period. Ronnie because, is, is yeah, because for the first time in many, many years, I felt like, wow, I'm learning something finally again after so long. Um, I think I had it with media. It was, um, it was. Uh, I think 22 years is a good enough time to switch. Careers. I always feel that you stop learning, and there is this thing we used to have in media. I don't know if you're allowed to say this on on podcast. Of course, this called, is media too. Oh, great! So <laughs> it's called SSDD, which means same shit, different day. So I had had enough of the SSDD. I just couldn't take it anymore. No, but I mean, with world uh, world cinema, I mean, you were going and getting Iranian movies, yeah, and well, French movies. At the end of the day, it was all the same, right? So you know the story about the World Movies Channel, right? No, you don't story? know the story. Okay, so there was this. When I was called in by Ronnie and uh, appointed by him to head World Movies and the Hindi Movie Channel, so I had these two extreme channels. One was this very, very pretentious World Movies where everybody spoke in French and Spanish and German, and then there was this Bollywood Hindi Movie Channel. And um, so uh, I remember that Ronnie handed me this long list of movies, and I looked at it and I said, "What is this?" And he goes, "Oh, those are the movies we bought for World Movies." So I said, but I thought you were asking me to head the channel. So we start with acquisition, right? You're already mm. giving me the movies, and then I saw the list—fantastic list of movies for world cinema lovers. But it was not a channel that ordinary people like you and me would watch ever. So I just looked and I said, Francois Truffaut, 
Louis Bunuel and I was like Salvador Dali I was like no 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 Ronnie this is not going to be the movie channel I have in my mind he said oh but we already spent a million dollars I said well that's your problem not mine it's your money I'm sorry but I'm starting from scratch so that's wow. how we started world movies yeah so so we finally took Ronnie's 1 million dollar movies and played them in the afternoon slots <laughs> because I was like this is not how I know it was quite a tough thing right even today world movie is not that big in india right yeah. i mean i think it was a i think it was extremely courageous of him to take on something like that it's extremely and not that i mean i know that most of the directors of bollywood would be watching those chinese action movies and those korean movies and copying <laughs> and then, them for bollywood i mean we could see okay this one's come from here and this one's come from there oh, that sequence has been picked up from this movie but to have to put it up on an entire national stage and get everybody to have it in their drawing room was quite something else it was it was extremely challenging and and what worked for that what didn't work for that channel what uh, i think what worked was our choice of movies we had a very very clear um, uh, marketing um, positioning that we had established which was uh, this is world cinema but it's world cinema that you and I would like to watch so we're not because whenever you said the word world cinema everybody talked about it as esoteric very very arty farty kind kurusawa of thing you movies, know yeah, yeah yeah the kurusawas and so i said no that's not what we so what we did was in the acquisitions list itself we first decided that there was going to be no movie that had been made before 2000 so it was going to be anything after 2000 therefore it had to be a color movie therefore it had to be a lot of the people were actors that we recognized in english from hollywood like gerard depardieu and um, angela tutu all those kinds of people so you knew that you knew there was jackie chan movies in chinese which nobody has ever seen before so that's what we brought in in and that was a that was the greatest challenge the greatest challenge was the advertisers but but it almost looked like you had become an expert in movies because yes. you started your career with z cinema right yeah it wasn't strange i started my career in india with Z cinema I ended with world movies <laughs> to <laughs> ends of the spectrum, spectrum and everything in between including star plus and national geographic and, and history channel and how did channel. z cinema happen so z cinema actually and this is which year we're talking about 1995 like? wow 1995 um i had just finished my masters in telecommunication broadcast multi channel management in the us and um i just you know when you finish your masters you send out a thousand resumes right you send out every tom dick and harry and uh, i sent one out to tony watts who was the head of star movies in hong kong at that time and um, if you know tony i mean tony was a person that we all studied about in our in our books uh, while we were at school in the us because he's really the master of um Why, while you movies. did hate the history studying yes, the history of all yes. of this so he was truly the master of pay movies and um so when i got a call from him he said hi this is tony watts here and i was like tony who <laughs> and he goes tony watts and i was like ha ha very funny <laughs> and then there was a silence no it really is tony watts <laughs> and i was like okay <laughs> why are you calling me so that's how it started so he says uh, you know we'd like to can you meet me and so he flew me down to bombay we had an interview and uh, before i knew uh, it i was on board but that time you were in the us when he, he i was in the us yeah but were you applying for a job in india or were you just applying for a job i was just applying for a job anyway i was footloose and fancy free it didn't matter to me where but i knew one thing for sure <clears throat> i didn't want to work in the us okay I did not want to work in the US. I was unwilling to give the US the benefit of my education. I wanted to come back to India. That was my bottom line. I was very clear about that. So, so everything so, else was just a stepping stone. 
and and what made you uniquely you know exciting for z cinema i mean you had you know actually i didn't know it was z cinema okay i had no idea that i was applying for z cinema i just wrote him a very very generic letter about no i knew that star tv was entering india in a big way so i was perfectly positioned i understood multi channel management i understood hindi <laughs> and i could communicate with uh, the angrez so you know i thought it was i was like the catch was cuz frankly speaking i thought i was the next best thing since sliced bread and i said you just have to hire me because you know you're not going to find the perfect combination like this and i guess he agreed so that's why he hired me so and, and which, which and then group? when i came in uh when i was hired he said okay so i'm sending you to launch z cinema in bombay and i was like z what and he goes z cinema and i was like what is that he said it's a bollywood uh, hindi movie channel and i was like are you serious and he was like yes <laughs> so i had no clue what i was getting myself in for when i was hired by uh, starting and they directly made you head this they directly made me operations manager <laughs> and i'm like but i he says are you sure you can do it i was like yeah i mean i've never launched a channel before but he said it's just a big product it's just a big production don't worry about it i was like cool <laughs> so i went but i had great support i had great support from hong kong there was paula mason there was um tony watts there was john alone there were lots of people i learned from we were lucky in those days 1994 95 96 we had a great bunch of australians and britishers and americans um, new zealanders heading star tv who were all willing to teach So we learned a lot. And this was the early days of broadcast. This is the early days of television in India. Yeah, yeah I mean multi camera setup yeah. was like a big thing. I remember people used to oh, say yeah. this is a three camera, five camera. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, today I don't think so people even no, count the amount of cameras. No, they don't even count the number of cameras. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that time it was like all yeah. these things. But you also dabbled a lot in Hindi like TV serials and stuff yes, like I that. Yes, I did. Right? Yes, I did. So before before I went to the US um Uh this was uh, after I finished my um college at Sapphires I did a, a social communication media course I even before that actually or was it I, oh, I forget no yeah after that I joined um Shridhar Shri Sagar he was one of the um maestros pioneers of fictional TV on Doordarshan in India he's a guy who famous for producing and directing Khandan yeah the first And, like little soap that's opera right, right? exactly yeah. so i joined him towards uh, the very end of that khandan series and then he had launched something else called manzil so and that was like in late 80s that right? was late 80s yes that was 80 88 89 90 91 92 yeah wow. Yeah, 88, 89, 90. Yeah. And what were you doing for this? <laughs> so I started off as a continuity girl, and um, what is a continuity? A continuity girl is basically somebody who keeps continuity. So you know, if you get if you get hit on the right side of your face and you have a bruise over there, the actor, then the next time you take that shot, which might be two months later, which is a sequence that comes after that sequence in the in the show. then uh, you have to remember that the slap was on the right hand side of the face and that it wasn't over here so oh. so that's what a continuity person that's actually I, that, a job huh? continuity yeah, i completely screwed that one up i um i so clearly and that was one of my greatest lessons i ever learned my first lesson in television broadcasting was that so there was tinu anand and that show had some amazing stars yeah, there was I mean, tinu anand all there was those, all those people have become like all, mega stars yeah right? they're all there was anju mahendra there was benjamin gilani malika tiwari and um, there i was this little twitter for 22 23 year old uh, telling them what to do and uh, fortunately for me i was never um, 
starstruck ever so um, that helped <clears throat> and I remember one sequence where Tinu Anand is slapped on the face and um, you know he takes his hand off and there's this big bruise over there mm. and and then she there announced cut and then I think we shot this next sequence of that episode like about a week later and um, I had drawn, I had forgotten to sketch Tinu's face. Normally in continuity, I would sketch the face and I would say scar or something like that to remember where it was. And I didn't do that. And the next time we shot this, uh, the sequence, the bruise was on the left-hand side of his face. And I remember uh, the, after the whole sh- sequence was shot, it suddenly occurred to me, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, his bruise is on the wrong side of the face. Oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to get killed. She is just going to kill me. So I finally went up. I didn't know who, who between the devil and the deep blue, deep blue sea, do I tell Sridhar or do I tell Tino Anand? Because I didn't know who to go to. So I finally thought, I went to Tino and I said, Tino. And I, I couldn't get myself to say Tino G. I just couldn't. So, you know, I would say Mr. Anand or Tino. I was like, yeah, what's it? I was like, um, uh, aapka jo bruise hai na, wo galat side pe hai. What do you mean? So I said, aapka right hand side hona tha, left hand side. Continuity kaun rakh raha hai? I said, meh. <laughs> Continuity. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry. So he looks at me and he goes, Acha, hai. Shridhar, we are shooting again. So she said, but why? The shot was fine. No, 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 we are shooting again. So, you know, he was a really kind man. He didn't let on that the whole thing had gone wrong. He went in, he put his makeup on, he came but, out. But does it make a big difference? I mean, do people really notice such small things? I notice. Okay. To me, that was the most important thing. I notice. Uh, I was. I've always been told that uh, perfectionism is the split side of uh, the other side of narcissism. But I don't care. I try to be as perfect as I possibly can. I think over the years, since I've since I'm 23 to 51, I think I have come down on that scale of perfectionism a lot. But at that time, I was totally, you know. I was like, it can't be done. You can't do it. So I had to confess. Otherwise, it would have passed. Nobody would have known until you were on the edit table. Then it would be really glaring, you know. But otherwise, it was just fine. But I couldn't accept it. It wasn't me. Wow. And and uh, then apart from Khandan, did you work on a lot of other shows also? So I worked or? on, uh, I didn't work on Khandan. I think I just worked on the last two edits. I did Manzil, which was like, I think, 26 parts. And then there was another show after that that he launched. In fact, um, Sridhar fell ill in the last uh, few episodes of Manzil. So, actually, I took on the mantle of direction. So, yeah. <laughs> from being so, a continuity from, girl Yeah, direction. because I had grown to be his assistant at that time. And then uh, he said, he just handed me the script. And he said, come on, you go and direct these last four episodes. And I was like, are you crazy? And he was like, just go, just go. You know better than everybody else what needs to be done. But, you know, the greatest part at that time was there was the sound engineer, Heyman Shah. I still remember, remember him so well. Heyman Bhai said, mm. I'm there. Why are you worried? <laughs> my hands used to shake like this. I would hold the script and my hands would shake. And there would be Benjamin Gilani going, yes, and what do you want me to do after this? And I'm like, um, and, you know, so that's how I started. But it was great experience. It was great. It took it. It also taught me one other lesson, which is just dive straight in, you know, don't yeah, jump try in the deep sea jump in, the... jump in, because, you know, no point in trying to see so, what so a from the hai ki continuity mein. girl to directing to how assist- much time that was two years. <laughs> <laughs> I was willy nilly suddenly found myself directing the last four episodes. But um, it was a great experience. And I think um, so ever since that, one thing that that taught me was I take my assistants and I just throw them in the deep end. I always did that. I was like, you know, sink or swim. 
and if you if you're starting to sink i'll put my hand out and pull you out if no, you swim well and good but in today's world you know everybody is all about no 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 you have to do process you have to learn a b c d before you learn z you know you would directly go from a to z <laughs> yeah but you know in that two year period i did learn a b c d all the way till z it was just so time crunched up that's all but i still feel that you get thrown into the deep end you learned a lot more and you learn a lot faster because uh, if you try to make the learning into a process then you silo the person and you know they're not getting the complete picture of what they're expected to do they're only looking at this one portion having absolutely no idea of how the other parts are fitting in so i said i wanted to understand one thing that how does you know a a parsi girl <laughs> who's like you know studied in you know traditional school and colleges suddenly go to start directing like you yeah, know, so you know that's all start and you did your chartered accountancy yeah. and all of that right i mean how does all this connect so i fortunately i never lived in bombay so um, my hindi was always good <laughs> i'm going to say that very clearly because i think most of the parsis don't know how to speak hindi and um, so they call it the bag hindi na the, mm-hmm. you know what the bag hindi is right so it's like oh kaba- half gujarati half gujarati half hindi you know the, the cupboard is a kabat and stuff like that so um, i i i was always good in hindi i was brought up uh, for 3 years in patna oh. and uh, my dad had a transferable job he was in the tata so we moved from bombay to delhi to sikandrabad to patna to bangalore so patna was a great experience i was there f- as and a teenager and he was in which part of tata in particular he company? was uh, he moved from lakme to tomko at that time yeah. to tarati wow so patna was an experience because um, i came from sikandrabad which is south india i was completely clueless in hindi mm. and there was sanskrit to boot and so uh, uh, my parents said well you can either think or you take it on as a challenge so i decided to take it on as a challenge and i think my sanskrit teacher took me on as a challenge saying you know let's see what we <laughs> can teach yeah. this parsi chick and so yeah um, I think uh, my 3 years in Patna were fantastic for that reason because it taught me Hindi and it taught me to read the script and it taught me not to be afraid to speak in the language and so it was a fantastic experience yeah no but again learning Hindi and all of that but then you went and became a chartered accountant I mean so I didn't become a chartered accountant let me correct that I just I just gave the the first exam that you are supposed to give so that was another story altogether because my brother was in iit mm. and um, so we were this one big very happy parsi family right son is iit daughter is going to be a ca my father had this all planned in his head <laughs> and then i said but i don't want to do my ca and he was like but why don't you want and i was in bcom already i topped my uh, bangalore university in taxation and finance and uh, that was again another story which i can tell you later so um i said i don't want to do my ca and he was like but why don't you taxation want to taxation and finance yeah yeah because it was a bcom so um there was tax you you had to specialize in something so i took up income tax um again that was because i had a professor who said dilshad miss master he used to call me dilshad miss master mr narsimra dilshad miss master you are going to fail this exam Mm-hmm. because i never attended his classes because i was playing basketball or doing theater or something so i just said to him i said i take you on and he goes what do you mean i said i'll top the university on this one bet lele so he said chalo bet oh. lele <laughs> and that's how it started well, but I you know really what when your name your your last name is master <laughs> yeah. you know i think you yeah. can master that's anything right that's why he called me dilshad miss master i always remember <laughs> that so and then when i decided i didn't want to do my ca at all and my father said uh, oh i think you don't want to do it because you're scared you won't pass the exam in those days it was really difficult to, even today it is but that time it was like 
नोबडी एवर पास इट इन द फर्स्ट अटेम्प्ट I said now can you guys back off now I don't want to do my seal <laughs> now back off in the meantime I had already applied and not only passed you like you topped the university that was the, the, the bang, that was the bcom exam yeah but even yeah. in ca yeah. like first yeah. attempt passing yeah. is like a no it was just the it was just the initial exam I frankly I didn't think it was I don't know why everybody else was making such a big deal about it they, because they well, were worried that I wasn't going well the only other chartered accountant I know uneducated bum <laughs> I said the only other chartered accountant I know who's made it so big in both hollywood and bollywood is shekhar kapoor He's the other yeah, chartered accountant, right? right? Yeah, that's right. Shekhar. But uh, so then, I in the meantime, I had already secretly applied to this social communications media course in Bombay, which was um, apparently so tough to get in that I never expected well, to. How do you? You were like what, seventeen, eighteen? That time? I was twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. But you know, like secretly applying for yeah. courses. Yeah. Yeah, but that's how we were brought up. You know, my mom and dad uh, treated my brother and I very equally. So. Um, we were told to think for yourself do for yourself and so i applied and i got in and mm-hmm. i was like whoa now i need money to go to bombay for the oral interviews right so then i had to confess i was like you know dad mom i've applied for this course they were like what is it then we found out that they said okay fine you can go so and that's how i and what was the course it's a social communications media course it's the best media course in the country today uh, it's a one year course that just kind of crams in pretty much everything in media together in that 12 month period it's held by safaya college in bombay and it's excellent well you know xic zavier yeah, yeah. this one's way better in my opinion because um, the product you get out of there it's a, it's a sink and swim scenario again but so uh, they, isn't this the only women's college at all that yeah so i far? think now they've got men and women in that course yeah okay. they've got men and women in that course now and uh, the reputation was that there was like a 20% dropout rate because people just couldn't cope with the pressure of that course so um so even till date whenever i looked at in you know resumes if somebody said i'm graduated from scm safaya college i was like just shut your eyes and hire the babe because there's no you know just hire her because she's got to be good she can't have survived that course and be mediocre so um so i did that and then i did this um i was uh, hired by bbc to uh, as a assistant to help them with their show called rough guides to the world so <clears throat> i um, i was the translator the fixer for them for that one and a half month period and that was the first time i met mr amir khan that was yes, like uh, amir khan yes wow. i met amir khan at that time and uh, he had just um, his biggest hit was uh, qsqt No. QSQT yeah yeah that okay, was for it, people right? who don't know QSQT it's kayamat se kayamat se kayamat tak that's right and after that he had done a really Very super flop movie yeah. called Baagi Baagi yeah, i remember huh? that yeah so we were walking down at uh, he was being interviewed by Marjorie who is this very statisk 6 feet tall british lady who was wearing these shocking pink shorts and shocking pink bra tops and walking mm. in the middle of hanging gardens <laughs> interviewing amir khan and um and then uh, while we were walking down and i was 
walking behind them and there was this little street urchin real cute little chap who walked past amir saying kya bekar picture banaya bhai <laughs> i still remember that and amir kam like see see when i try to make an intelligent movie this is what happens <laughs> so yeah that was my first brush with bollywood so to speak but yeah so as a fixer what were you like you helped set the interview i helped stuff. set up the interviews uh, oh it was also the first time i met sachin tendulkar by the way Ooh. he was 15 years old at that time and he had just uh, so this is bbc interviewing yes, all these people yes this okay. was rough guides to the world sachin had just done his uh, that unbelievable partnership with kamble mm, that school partnership yeah, in uh, in that sharda's mm-hmm. school that they were in and he was just about on the edge of entering the indian cricket team he couldn't speak english he couldn't speak hindi he only spoke marathi i spoke gujarati hindi english i barely spoke marathi <laughs> and i was the translator so you can just imagine <laughs> the chaos that took place in that interview so yeah um, the first ever interview that sachin gave is i have the vhs copy of that even now and wow. um, so is it on youtube right now or no i don't think you'll find it you might be able to find it on youtube i'm sure you'll find or maybe it. you should digitize it i should digitize it, it yeah i should digitize it So that was uh, so then that that was a great experience I met some very interesting people and that's how my media career took off So so let me let me again just connect it. you went all over India with your parents Yes uh, your brother is in IIT you then do chartered accountancy but you don't want to really do chartered accountancy you want to do communication <laughs> Yeah and you run away to so so is this like this narrative of you know the parsees being a little crazy and yeah. is it like all adding yeah. up here? Yeah 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 totally totally huh? I'm not saying I I never meant to be saying I am a little cuckoo and I think that's fine I think that's perfectly all right oh. and and but again as i said that this is like the 90s this is not like yeah. you know yeah. the 2000 the fa- yeah. the structure yeah. you know doing all this alone was very difficult at you know, that time you know in fact uh, uh, i always say this to a lot of my friends so see i am now 51 and i have friends whose kids are just flying the coop right mm. and uh, i find it amazing that moms are like they are filling up the application forms for us admissions In my days my mother had no clue where I was even applying to we didn't have computers we mm. had electronic typewriters I've written my entire statement of purpose on an electronic typewriter two finger typing and every time there was an error I had to throw the page yeah. off and start all over again and that's how we applied to yeah, and now state. there are these career counseling courses yeah. people and, and now you have people who advise you and their pair you know when moms my friends tell me oh god no 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 you know now it's admission time dilshad can't meet I'm like admission time can't meet but what is your child doing why why is she not doing all the admission thing you know oh but she's got a 12th standard exams i was like yeah but we handled everything you know because women in media even now is not that big right i mean we talk about and you know in the time you were doing all this i remember the only other woman i knew who was like doing stuff was karuna i don't know karuna who, samtani karuna samtani yes, yeah yes, she was yeah, there who yeah. else was there doing that um time? there were a couple of them in sales kanta advani from z she's mm-hmm. still there um There was uh, Shanti in Star TV, who is also still there. Still with Star uh, TV. Monica Tata had also her career was also just about taking off. So mm. she's also she's also big in media now. But you're right. Um, there weren't many. Interestingly, the, almost fifty percent of the staff was female. Oh. So yeah, yeah. But if you entered the boardroom, there was just one or two women, mm-hmm. and there would be like twelve men. So yeah the at the senior echelons it wasn't it wasn't uh there weren't any women there weren't then and I I'm not so quite sure there are now either So so you get into 
you know television you start directing then what makes you go and do an mba i mean why the hell do you waste so, your time i mean you could have just continued from there become a bigger director started directing um, movies so i that mean was, you could have done something very different right so you know vishal one of the things that uh, i think is either um, uh, the good part of me or the bad part of me i don't plan i have no plans i have no plans i have no goals in that sense ki itne saal mein ye karna hai ki itne saal mein ye, so i don't people do need to challenge you that yeah. oh you will fail this exam and then you say okay <laughs> yeah. i'll become the top no i don't i don't do that i i don't plan everything just seems to happen i flow i flow like the river and the river decides to take me where the river wants to take me and uh, it pretty much happened this way because um uh while i was directing i remember shridhar telling me i oh, know i also applied when i applied to the us for the first time in 1990 i applied for a radio television production course and uh, i remember shridhar radio had, show yeah radio television production so I production and direction and for my masters and i remember shridhar shridhar telling me at that time you're wasting your time whatever you can you want to learn about television production i can teach you what is the us going to teach you so go for management go because television is going to be the future multi channel management is going to be the future so really he's the one who put it into my head that look for something more than just being behind the camera so 4 days before i was supposed to leave for the us i met with an accident <clears throat> i met with a car accident so that for the next 2 years all the plans were wiped out so you see what's the point of making plans when there's something else already in store so uh it's after those 2 years when i got back on my feet then i decided okay now is the time so that's when i left for us in 1992 uh for my masters no, in why management why not continue direction why not you know you could because i wanted to call the shots directors don't really call the shots i wanted to be behind but i thought directors were really the guys calling the shots not right? really i wanted to be the one with the excel sheets deciding where the money the was PRP, going the prp that's how like <laughs> yeah. we all say right that yeah. you know balaji is how it they run that kavya company yeah. right i want i was always interested in management and i and uh, i always want i always wanted a broader perspective of things and um, uh, more interested in how and why and why decisions were made rather than just executing a decision that was made which is what basically a director would do so um so that's why i got into management that's that's that i thought that was more fun but at that age thinking about all of these things i mean how so come? see i never thought about it it just happened i'm that's telling right. you seriously i mean today i think the youngsters think they too think much, too yeah. much yeah. yeah it's one of the quotations that i learned to an ex um, fo pilot taught me while i was at natio he said soch jab gehri ho jaye तब फैसले कमजोर हो जाते हैं अंग्रेजी में बोलते हैं एनालिसिस पैरालिसिस बट एंड इट्स ट्रू आई थिंक वी पॉन्टिफिकेट टू मच एंड वी थिंक टू मच एंड यू नो देर समथिंग कॉल गट एंड वट इज गट गट इज नथिंग बट यूर एक्सपीरियंस टेलिंग यू कमान मूव ऑन फॉर हेवन सेक एंड यू नीड टू लिसन टू इट एंड जस्ट मूव ऑन lot of people over analyzed these scenarios so you never over analyzed no. you basically saw a door open and you just went through the yeah, door yeah, i mean yeah always always i in fact even while i was all my years at star every time there was an opportunity that came up saying okay so is there anyone willing to do this the first hand that would go up would be mine i would have no clue what, what was to was. be done <laughs> i would have no clue how i would do it but my hand would go up like 
learn something new. So you know, so I think um, I think that's that but, but helped. But then how? Why Michigan? Because Michigan is not known. I mean, I thought it's always so New York or LA. There or were only three three courses. Um, there were only three universities in the US that offered multi-channel management that time. One was Penn State, which I couldn't afford, uh, and they didn't give me a scholarship. Uh, the other one was uh, the Annenberg School of Communications, UCLA. I think UCLA or USC, and. Um, Again, they didn't give me a scholarship. Michigan gave me a scholarship. It was as simple as that. Michigan I got is like this very cold place. Yeah, yeah, it I was mean, terrible. I've been to Michigan a couple of times and I dread going to that place. It was awful, awful. The first two months, I was so miserable. I used to sit over there and cry. And my brother was in Chicago at that time. He had just graduated from Sunny Buffalo. And he was working there. And I remember crying. I'm thinking, I don't like this place. And he was like, hey, look, listen to me. So I was like, what? I want to get out of here. And he was like... Dilshad, you're going to be here for the next one and a half years. If you're smart enough, you'll make it one and a half years. If you're going to be really slow, it'll be two years. So I was like, oh. okay. So he said, you can either decide to enjoy yourself or you can decide to be miserable. Take your pick. Wow. So I was so, like... So, so your brother is like this, you know, <laughs> this Pitama, right? Yeah. He comes like... Yeah, in, he was like, take your pick. I was like, okay, I think I'll enjoy and myself. And what does he do now? What is your brother up to? He's, he's one of the foremost CTOs. Um, Chief Net Technical Officers. Um, he was part of Sun Microsystems. He was part of Open Wave in the U.S. Um, and then he came down to India and started his own startup over here in Pune. And now he's on to some. So he's basically a um, um, high-level coding, programming wow. geek, wow. Um, and super smart, and uh, one of those niche genius types. Uh, and it's really cool. I mean, Parsis and niche genius and yeah. crazy are yeah. like you know, these things like Ronnie yeah. and it. I feel like it's amazing how He's, your he entire fact, community has dominated this space with all the craziness and all, all the amazing. I think the craziness is part of it. You know, yeah. I think that's part of it where the, the, the ability to take a challenge, the ability not to um, worry about too much about what's going to happen. I think the craziness. So, so did you like intermingle with a lot of other like cousins? I know that you have like long extended families. No, no it's not. No, no, no. never um, didn't have much of a chance. Most of the family was always in Mumbai. Oh. So uh, not much. But whenever we did, it was always great fun because they're as crazy as the rest of us. But uh, very little, very little. In fact, the interaction with my cousins is more now. And and their children, my nieces, than it was Before. back then. Yeah, yeah. The Vishal Gondal Show will be right back after this break. Tired of the shrill madness of primetime television? Can't make sense of your morning newspaper anymore? Then take a break to delve into some real conversations about policy, politics and economics. Join me, Pavan Srinath. And me, Hamsani Hariharan. As we analyze news and views from India and the world and talk to experts on a wide range of issues on the Pragati Podcast. Episodes out every fortnight. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app or wherever else you get your podcasts from. So, you do all of this, you go to the US to do master's and then you apply for your Star TV job. Wow. So And then yes. the, the whole thing comes back and yes. takes you back to Bombay. I come back to Bombay, yes. But again, uh, you know, you could have, as I said, you did, why were you so clear you didn't want to go to the US? I mean, you could have gone, joined Los Angeles, New York. I mean, you know, the media revolution there. Was it also. was very simple. I didn't want, I wanted to come back and give India the benefit of my education. It was just really as simple as that. And there was nothing patriotic or anything about it. I think there was a surfeit of 
people in the US and uh, there was nobody with that knowledge and that skill base in India so, so did you like enjoy watching movies a lot is that I used to watch my goodness when the film festivals used to start in Bangalore and they you know on Kempagoda road i don't know if you ever been there they used to have all those theaters would be mm-hmm. full of the film festivals i would watch 9 10 movies a day i would just keep hopping from theater to theater to theater i loved watching the movies and uh, today i i get to see one movie every four months <laughs> i wow. don't get the time anymore but i used to love i love the cinema i loved movies i watched everything i watched crap i watched great stuff i i watched everything and, and all languages kannada tamil malayalam and you understood all these languages no not really but if it's a good movie you don't need to understand you get the gist of what's happening i mean watching mamuti in action is is just he's mamuti you know watching mm-hmm. kamalasan do uh, a tamil version of nayakan is way better than watching vinod khanna do it in in hindi mm-hmm. so um, you didn't need to in those days there were no subtitling either so so z cinema took you to then national geographic no z cinema then took me to star plus star plus okay because uh, 1994 was when star plus decided that it was going to be less of bold and beautiful and, and santa and barbara santa barbara and all of that stuff and they were going to bring in hindi content Ooh. and um, yeah, i remember that time yeah and that time there was because of the um, because of the uh, partnership with z a uh, star was um, there was some kind of non compete yeah, right there was yeah. a non compete clause and star could not bring in uh, hindi content uh, so what they did instead was they decided to dub um baywatch and santa barbara and i remember and those terrible and hindi and, and the guess, hindi was so bad oh, that yeah, the guess dubbing... who was in charge of that <laughs> oh god <laughs> and i used to cringe every time i was like oh my god what am i doing here but then we started this one half hour band of hindi uh, shows there was saas hmm. by neena gupta one of the iconic shows there was kora kagaz by asha parekh and so we started that slowly slowly edging ourselves in trying to stretch the the, the contract the worst period of indian cinema or television was these dub shows yeah. oh well you know what i used to get these uh, for baywatch for instance there was a snp department in star tv which is standards and practices so um any kind of um content that was um uh, you know religious intolerance or political um you know sort of kind of messy or most importantly sexual yeah, in Baywatch, content yeah, yeah. so you, you know, they would make us cut all that out so every morning and baywatch at that time we were playing it in hindi it was a strip at 10 o'clock in the night right monday to friday so every monday i would come on my desk and i'd find snp reports like one foot high sitting on my desk and i'm just staring at it going oh my god do i have to sign off on it if i didn't sign off on it it meant that they would edit it so a 42 minute episode would become like 32 minutes or something like that if you start editing baywatch so i would keep staring and then i was i would start opening i would open the first sheet nipples under swimsuit hmm. nipples under and the tcr code tcr code in tcr code yeah. out nipples under swimsuit and there was like this reams of paper that just said nipples under swimsuit and i'm like <laughs> are you serious am i really going to i was like overridden 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 this is and baywatch i was like forget it guys you know grow up no 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 you know we can't do it i was like you know what this whole show is just going to be nothing if you start editing it down forget it so he said no maybe we'll mosaic it i was like can you just imagine two little <laughs> mosaics i was like that's even that's way worse to be silly so yeah that's how we that's how we went through those very painful one year 
So I, I I would just override all their objections, and then I would have the S and P head walking. You can't do this. And I was like, you can't do this. You know, I said, forget it. Let's just move on with life. But nothing happened. I don't think anybody minded. I'm sure and, nobody. And you wouldn't believe. Uh, this is around the same time Sony had launched their channel, yes, Sony yes, Entertainment yes, Television, in with, with Jackie right. Shroff and all those, you know, that's their right. six, seven partners. <clears throat> that's right. And I used to run uh, a computer games and animation company. Wow. So what used to happen is that they used to come to me to make animation, like opening titles for shows. Uh-huh. So I had made like titles for a number of those TV oh, shows, okay. but mostly on Sony, not on Star. Right. And I had a very different peek into this world of television right. because right. I was doing CG. Uh. At that time, CG, you know how yeah, much we great. used to charge like ten thousand rupees a second. Yes. So it was yes. like per second yes. animation. Yes. Like I have to like charge people some two three lakhs <laughs> just for a twenty second animation sequence. No, but it was also the world. I mean, unfortunately, and I don't know what, what your view on this is. You know, television, the business was so bad. I remember people not paying. I mean, you know, getting your money getting stuck. There was I would I would not I will not name this. I'll or I'll tell you some off camera the name of this guy. He runs a huge channel even now. I do this like big, you know, there was a big TV show he was running. I do this whole thing. He pays me for the first time. Then I do a lot of stuff. Then I deliver this animation to him, and then he tells me, "Ha, mere pe case kar do." You know, wow. He doesn't pay. And I still remember that this guy owes me a few lakhs from 1994 types, and his answer was, "Yeah, मुझ पे केस कर दो." मतलब you know like, I think this whole unprofessionalism. I I think now to a large extent it is gone. But did you face a lot of this? Oh yeah, um, there was an instance in Z Cinema which I remember so vividly. I was um, again two months off, fresh from the boat, so to speak, and. Uh, Uh, there's this guy who walks in. With, he was in a white dhoti kurta, and um, hands me an envelope. He walks in, knocks on the door. He says, "Aap dil chaad ho?" I go, "Ha." He says, "Acha, aurat ho aap?" I go, "Ha." So he says, "Acha, acha, nee." I mean, I thought that there would be a gentleman. I go, "Nee, it's me." So he gives me this envelope, white envelope, hmm. and I said, "Ye kya hai?" "Rakh lo, aapka hai." "Rakh lo." So I said, "Kya hai?" So then he he was just about to turn and walk off. So I called security. I said, "Usko bahar nahi jaane dena abhi." I opened the envelope in front of. I had my team sitting in front of me. Opened the envelope. There was ten thousand rupees inside. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Ye kiske liye? Aapka share hai? Aapka cut? Wo lighte mangai thi na?" So I just stared at him, going, "Ek to lighte maine mangai nahi. Ek I don't even wouldn't even know who to call to get the lights. One of my team would have done it. Why is the money coming to me?" And why is the money coming at all? You know, and then um, one of the guys who was with me in production, he said, "Dushan, I'll handle it. Don't worry." He took the money, he gave it back, and then I said to that man, "I said, ye office mein na kadam kabi mat rakhna wapas, kabi bhi nahi." And uh, I said, "Whoever is hiring lights from this guy, stop hiring right now, right now." And that was the end of it. So. um yeah it has to happen and i i always i found it extremely unfair that a television channel would say oh we'll pay you 45 days after telecast so that meant that after telecast yeah. i mean you know which basically meant that you were uh, only people with deep pockets could enter the business so the real creative types who didn't have the money but had great talent could not enter the business because who has the money to fund an entire 
you know production and that time it was like 2 3 lakhs exactly, per episode exactly. or more actually so i said you know i found that extremely unfair i tried to make changes as much as i could while i was heading programming uh, and ops for star tv and uh, to a large extent we did and i had start tv do any game shows because i remember that time game shows were like a big thing with zee tv doing antakshri and yeah, all of that yeah star right? used to do this um uh, god i can't remember what it's called now there were a lot of game shows we did game shows we did um so i used to do all the graphics and animation for antakshri ah that was for z for z okay okay there okay. was uh, there is <laughs> gajendra singh i don't know if you yes, ever yes yes of course i know gajendra yeah. singh yeah so he Gaj- was He was like the the rock star, the rock star right? of like, reality television yeah. at that time. He literally yeah. actually started that Sare Gama. Sare Gama. He was Antakshri. Those were the two key shows that he did. Yeah, the flagship yeah. for Z yeah. for several yeah. years. Yeah. They also gave him um, the um, competition to Kaun Banega Karodpati. What was it called? Oh, I. By uh, the way, guess it was so badly done. I know, I know. It was called huh. Saval Das Karor. Saval Das Karor ka. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. did the entire programming, so they came to me. Okay. And they said, "Here is KBC, and you have to do the entire game programming." So I programmed that show. It was okay. a disaster. And so was they, Anupam Kher? Anupam I think. Kher, oh, yes. it was so Anupam terrible. Anupam Kher. I mean, actually, it was that whole thing was designed for disaster, right? Yeah, Because it was. you just—it's yeah. like you know—you can't compete with KBC. No, you can't. Uh, you can't. You should not be trying to mimic something that's already a hit. And then case. they got uh, Manoj Vajpayee after that. Yes, you know, first yes. they got Anupam Kher. Yes. And- Yeah, anyway, it was terrible. So, so those terrible. were what the really the like the the cowboy days of television, <laughs> right? Those Everything were the, was. I remember even with KBC, I for one personally, and uh, I have no qualms in saying this. I thought Mr. Bachchan would be a disaster. I seriously thought, you know, I mean, like, I remember when Samir took this Samir Nair, he took this decision. I told Samir, I said, Samir, for heaven's sake, Bachchan. He said, trust me. I said, are you serious? You know, that time he was at Lal Bachchan yeah. days. He was really on the low. It was end. on his low. It was on he the was, lowest yeah. point, and it was. Like- and I was never a great Bachchan fan. personally to begin with so well, i think the 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 narrative was amitabh ke itne bure din aa gaye hain ki abhi wo tv, TV show kar, kar raha hai yeah exactly. you know it was that is how exactly. the television was perceived exactly. for for exactly. bollywood specially with absolute credit to the gentleman because he really worked hard we used to watch him come in practice 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 you know for months together he has practiced before that first episode went to air or even when he went went on the floor and uh, so that is something that gave us all All a great learning experience that you know he's not treating this like um, he's not treating it like uh, like it's TV and I shouldn't be doing it. He's giving it his, his entire 100%, his hundred yeah. percent. No, but that's more. I I I consistently hear this from everybody who has worked with him that this hmm. man is like punctual. Does yeah. rehearsals? Turns he's, up for every session. It's nothing like amazing. you know. I he's, don't want to rehearse. He would do. So every I have a story rehearsal. of Mr. Bachchan. Let can I tell you my yeah, story yeah, yeah. of Mr. Bachchan? So we were in the UK. I was launching Star Plus and Star News in the UK. I had planted myself there for four months, and um, and then came the day when we were unveiling the two channels on the B Sky B platform. And so I, in coordination with Samir, uh, Samir said, you know, I said, he said, what do you want? I said, just get me some stars here, man. I need some stars. you know i mean if i want to get written about in the press blah 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 marketing just get the whole circus over here so <laughs> he actually did that starting with mr bachchan okay. all right so there was mr bachchan there was neena gupta there was a lot of people who came in descended into london star parivar ha star parivar pura star parivar came over and uh, <clears throat> i was at rehearsals for the show 
inauguration of the show so i left a message this was at st james court i left a message at um, at the st james court reception saying that mr amitabh bachchan will be arriving and uh, please just show him to his suite and you know everything is set up over there don't ask him any questions just just show him to his room and the mistake i made was i didn't leave anybody behind to accompany him a big mistake so i get over there and i get a call from rose who is mr bachchan's secretary at that time and she says dilshad so i said yes rose where are you i'm in bombay i said okay where's mr bachchan because i almost got a heart attack she says he is at the reception of st james court and they are asking him for an id i just started sweating buckets i was like oh my god so i just dropped everything and i ran and by in the meantime i started calling people and they said no 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 don't worry we've taken care of it finally mr bachchan was shown to his room i came to the reception and i was livid i was just livid i said i left word i left instructions why were they not followed the problem was that half the staff there was all latino yeah who didn't right? know who amita bachchan they didn't know who mr bachchan was now as luck would have it as i was ranting and raving and walking out the hotel who walks in but mr krishna kumar who was that time it was the taj hotel yeah, right yeah. and he was he was like the head honcho there so and i know mr krishna kumar because he was my dad's boss so i said oh, hello sir how are you and he said oh dilshad how are you hug hug kiss kiss how are you doing what are you doing so i said listen you're the boss here i got to tell you what happened and i cannot have i've got stars pouring in i cannot have this happening again so he said tell me what happened so i told him so he said don't worry and then i come down from my room in about 2 hours and i see that the, the entire, entire staff, staff has changed and they're all indian <laughs> <laughs> they're all indian not a single firangi face inside and i'm like yes thank yeah. god at least they recognize people when they walk in now so that was you know thank you mr krishna kumar for that i never got a chance to thank him so with mr bachchan i get this phone call at about midnight after i come back saying miss um, master i said yes mr button there's a bottle of wine in my mini bar so i said yes mr button um, and i'm thinking does he want a corkscrew to open it or what i don't drink i don't drink <laughs> so i was like okay uh, you want me to take the bottle out so he says yes if you would please so i said you have a butler there right So he says yes. I said, "Can you give him the bottle and tell him to bring it to my room because I I could really do with a glass of wine right now." <laughs> so so he started laughing. He said, "Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do that." So he was a great guy. He was an interesting um, personality to have. Um there was a show was going on. He was surrounded by these six bouncers, really huge guys, all 6 feet 4 inch tall basketball ex basketball players, and there was Mr. Butcher in the middle. totally unfazed by this adulation that was going on around him it was just amazing to watch from the sidelines how this man would not react to anything happening around him and there was this surge of crowd wanting to touch him and and he is staring at the stage and just watching the proceedings like as if he's sitting in a little <laughs> garden with complete silence around him <laughs> so it was amazing yeah mr bachchan wow. was quite a quite a fascinating so so then person. star plus 2 ngc which is like completely different how so that was the hands up again uh, they said oh we're um, launching national <laughs> geographic yeah. in india no no national geographic had launched already in 2000 and um, i had actually resigned from star in 2000 uh in in 2002 i quit star i i had said enough is enough pas bahut ho gaya 
and uh, then zubin called me up zubin gandevia who was the managing director for national geographic and he said uh, so i always say he conned me into into television again because zubin said um, just come now my marketing person has quit to so come and take care of marketing for some time so i said sometime you know he's a consultant come no, come for 3 months 3 months i stayed for four and a half years but wow. i took over marketing then uh, i took over the programming and that was great fun natio was an extremely fantastic experience it was the first time that any channel across the 144 countries had attempted to do an an indian show an indian reality show on on national geographic television so um, and which was the show that was mission uh, everest oh so that was born out of an idea when i was sitting with my uh, with colonel bul kumar mm-hmm. we were both having beer at delhi jimkhana and uh, he says kya fayda tumhara najjog mein rehne ka kya fayda hamare bachcho ke liye kuch my army is going to everest what are you doing about it so i said what do you want me to do about your army going to the everest i said will your army take five ordinary people with them so he said ha kyun nahi so that's how the whole concept started wow and so we had this entire um, reality selections and and we turned it into an eight uh, eight episode series so basically this was this is summiting everest this is not everest no, base no, no, camp no 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 it was for the five people it was everest base camp okay. for the indian army it was summiting but for five people and it was ngc like captured the entire journey we captured journey. the entire journey of these five yeah so it was the first time ever that yeah, we had otherwise done. ngc was just getting foreign shows yeah, in india yeah, right there was yeah. no other so i remember very clearly um Uh, Washington, where entire content of Nacho would be, you know, made and created, calling up Zubin and saying, you know, nobody's ever done this, mm. and you and and oh, by the way, we came up with the idea in October and we had to execute by February, because we had a timeline. The army was leaving yeah. in February, yeah, you, know? And, you know. I couldn't tell the army, hey, hello, can you just delay it by one month, you know? So uh, it was November, December, Jan, Feb. We had exactly four months for the show to go on air, literally, or to at least start shooting. and uh, so we had to have the selection process happening in december so that the people would be ready to join the army by february so we literally had 3 months to put the show on the road and i remember the washington guys calling up zubin and saying it's never been done how can you do it you know you know it takes 3 months to conceptualize a show and it takes another one year to shoot it how are you going to do it and uh, so zubin called me in and he says are you sure, are you confident about this I said, "Ha, huh, ho jayega." So he says, "You're sure we can do it in three months?" <laughs> I said, "Do are you giving me a choice?" She says, "No, I'm not giving you a choice." I said, "Then it'll get done. Don't let me down, ah, Dilshad. Don't let me down." I said, "Trust me, we'll do it." And we did it. We wow. did it in three months. Four months we were up on air, and three months we had already shot the selections. And um, I think, I think the, the entire natural community was in a state of shock for the first couple of weeks. but uh, they came around to the fact that india can and now there are anything. so many shows which mm-hmm. both discovery and najju are doing specially yeah, so for yeah so that india, was the right? beginning of it there was then we did mission uran which was with the indian air force where the again we took five people into the inside the indian air force and we got one person got to ride a flyer sukhoi uh, as as the final prize wow. so that was a great great experience because the indian air force just put up a grand show with their jaguars and their sukhois and their migs and amazing amazing experience no, i remember seeing the show this, yeah. show this had a lot of publicity everywhere i guess yeah, yeah. that was that was my uh, my best moment after that i quit natju my, my father fell seriously ill and um, i told zubin i said he doesn't have much time left so i'm going to quit because uh, otherwise i'm going to regret it so i quit hmm. and he let me go thankfully and uh, i spent some time with him and then he passed away then i came back 
and how did ronnie then con you into so ronnie <laughs> yeah, again i think I mean, ronnie Ron- conned me right i i i again say that ronnie both these parsi babas have conned me so uh, ronnie conned me how because uh, so at that time while i had quit tv my brother made this one very off remark in a casual conversation saying what do you know you're a digital bimbet mm-hmm. so i took immediate offense to that i said what the hell do you mean by a digital bimbet he said what do you know do you know even and in those days you know i'm talking about 2000 2007 he says do you even know what uh, uh, no 2005 sorry he says do you know what a, a widget is i said no he says do you know what an app is i said no html ha uh, huh. so he says do you know anything about coding do you know what css stands for no um and then something else and, and he says you're an absolute digital bimbet and he just walks away and i'm like hmm. <laughs> so i said okay time to learn so i take bag and baggage and i tell my husband akshay as like babes do without me for a few months i go and plant myself in pune with his team of all iit kanpur iit yeah. these are and i start asking the most stupid questions i said you called me digital bimbet now you teach me mm-hmm. so i learned from the best of the best in that entire crowd um some of them are were great teachers they still teach me so much about the the tech part of the world when i'm missing out on something but that's how i got into the digital space then for 3 years i did digital marketing because i got so good at it and i realized hey you know what television knows nothing about the digital space so let me do digital marketing for them so that's how i did that for 3 years so which and channels you were like doing i did it for natio i did it for history channel i did it for star plus star mm-hmm. world and therefore i approached rani saying you know i know you're launching these channels so let's talk about a digital strategy for your channels so rani and zarina were in the room and rani looks and saying yeah yeah that's all very well why don't you just join us mm. and i'm like no i don't want to do tv he's like do it for 2 years do it for 2 years <laughs> said, but i don't want to do tv let's talk digital and i said let's every time i said let's talk digital yeah 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 we'll do that we'll do that why don't you just join us <laughs> and so uh, that's how it started and then of course he sicked his goons on to me to follow up and um and that's how i joined and, and how did you know ronnie before i i i knew zarina i didn't know ronnie that because they were producing, because they were producing show. shows for star plus so that's how i i had that connect and uh, so that's how i um, and then of course the little carrot that was dangled in front of me was um world movies it was one genre i hadn't done i had done entertainment i had done news i launched star news with uh, ndtv in oh. 1997 this is uh, the whole barkha with, uh, with pranoy and radhika roy and yeah and the 1998 was the whole kargil Exactly. So I was there, bang in the middle of all that. So I've done. I did news. I did entertainment. I did infotainment. I had never done world movies. I had done a Hindi movie channel, but I had never done a world movie. So to me, that was the, that was what You're captured like my attention. You're like the encyclopedia of Indian television. <laughs> yeah. Right? A, so that's when I said, I said, all right, fine. I'll, I'll do it for two years. No more than that. Just two years. And he was like, yeah. And, yeah. and during all this while, when did you get married? How did you meet Akshay? मतलब. <laughs> 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 so I was his client actually. um i uh, met akshay's brother and i have been in college together and we are oh. we were a group of seven of us who are thick even today so i always heard about him but i had never met him akshay's cousin or his cousin okay. cousin yeah and then uh, i came to delhi for one of the boys was on in the group was getting married and so we all descended to delhi and then um salil that's akshay's brother said why why don't we all go to the river so we said oh let's all go to the river and that's where i met akshay so he was a rafting guide 
and of because course because he has nothing to do with media nothing to do with technology nothing to do with television nothing. so you know see now again this is where i say that i don't plan anything if i had not met this man and if i had not seen a, a world that you only saw on television or, or in those coffee table books mm-hmm. um i wouldn't be where i am today you know i could I, in my head i would never be able to visualize myself being in the mountains or rafting on the ganga river or rafting on the zanskar or trekking i i could not imagine that to me that was that but, but was part of coffee table in, books but he's based in delhi he's and based you were based delhi. in bombay yeah so i used time. to fly down every couple of months to meet him uh, in fact we brought at least i brought two or three star tv groups for offsites at the camp so his biggest grouse always was the moment i married this woman the star tv group stopped <laughs> <laughs> no conflict of interest no conflict of interest i said if we go anywhere but we don't go with akshay so um, it got i remember even zubin saying okay so when are we are we going rafting i said no we're not going to go rafting with akshay he says listen we are going rafting with akshay i said well i'm not going to negotiate he said don't negotiate you get out you stay yeah, out of the picture somebody else will negotiate but you can't stop us from going where we want to go so akshay kept always used to say he says yaar i used to get these great goodies from nagio bag milta tha topi milti thi jacket sab kuch band ho gaya after this woman joined <laughs> And so the, you did a show with where he's kind of helped. Yes, you. I did. Which show uh, was this? It was called Adventure Diaries. It was a twenty-six part series of three, three, four, four minutes each, where uh, <clears throat> we got a call from Washington saying there's this American adventurer, natural adventurer, Stephen Backshall, who is coming to India and he needs an Indian partner to do this adventure stuff. and uh, he's coming in next week and i'm going next week where am i going to find an indian partner so <laughs> there he was right in front of me i said akshay you want to go on camera so he said yeah sure so the two of them together did this show called um, adventure diaries india and then um, they um, akshay's company helped with uh, the entire logistics of uh, mission everest of ensuring that the kids were safe on the trek etc etc so all of that was handled by his company wow that's quite that's quite a variety <laughs> of things right yeah. and then yeah. then when did you move out of utv what happened there so utv uh, we all uh, actually know what happened the the uh, the bust happened <laughs> in 2008 <laughs> everybody knows that and um, uh, the only reason why we had this office in delhi was because i was based in delhi and i refused to move to bombay and so um, i think when this bust happened one of the main things that drani had to do was you know consolidate and as part of the consolidation we decided that the whole office would move from delhi to bombay and in that process um, heart wrenching process we we had to let 60 65 people go we gave everybody a choice of moving to bombay i i quit because i said like, i'm not moving so but i will help you in this transition because i see that as my responsibility because each one of those 70 people on that team were hired by me so um it was one of the most painful things i have ever done and i would never want to do it again to tell somebody like you don't have a job and it was a fight with ronnie as well because he said no we'll just give them we'll give i mean as per the contract it's one month's um, mm-hmm. pay and i said no nothing doing you will give a minimum of 3 months you will because it's it's a tough market right now people are sacking they you know you know they're not going to find jobs these are homes you're breaking up 
And Ronnie is a businessman at the end of the day. And he was like, no, but the contract says one month. I said, I don't care what your contract says. I don't mm. care. And there was a slanging match in the Bombay but office. Ronnie will finally do what the contract yeah. says. Well, uh, he agreed on two months, finally, okay. after a lot of fighting. Uh, and I just planted myself in the office. I'm not moving from here. And he was like, I think the discussion is over. I said, no, you may think it's over. I don't think it's over. And I just sat over there and I didn't move. But, but Ronnie has this amazing ability to kind of, you know, balance. You know, he's like started businesses, stopped businesses. Yeah. Sold, he's like such an amazing character. He's, uh, he's, I've learned a lot from him. I, mean, I learned, like I said, too, he's yeah. my guru too. Like yeah. I said, in those 18 months, those 18 months were just the most amazing 18 months of my television career because I finally felt like, oh my God, I'm learning so much new stuff. One of the key things that he taught me was, I remember fighting with him. I was always fighting with Ronnie. Every time I walked in, he would just have this look on his face like, now what, you know? And uh, I remember one battle I had uh, where I said, but Ronnie, you can't do this. This is, I think we're talking about one of the channels. And I said, but this is my baby. It's my baby. You can't do this. And he just stared at me and he said, Dilshad, if there's one thing you need to learn, is not to be emotionally attached to your business. Mm-hmm. Do not be emotionally attached. Otherwise, you will always have a problem. And I remember that so clearly. And I have never forgotten it. Never. And it's a great lesson learned. A great lesson learned. And uh, I practice that now in that I have my own business. I practice it. But um, he taught me a lot. So, you know, you present to Ronnie. I'm sure you've done that too, right? You present to Ronnie and there's this Excel sheet on the columns. And the columns go, uh, yeah, yeah, the columns go into A, B, B, A, P, A, Z. You know, they just go on endlessly. And uh, you, I I remember sitting in this conference room and clicking and looking at that last column on the right. And Oh, shit, that that figure is wrong. And I quickly tried to move away. And he was like, wait a minute, will you just stop right there? I was like, Ronnie, I know it's wrong. I'll take it. What is that? Can you can you just expand on that? What is? Can you increase the view? I want to see. And I'm like, oh God! You know, that one single cell where the number is wrong, he's got so, it. So I know the secret of Ronnie and how he does it. By the way, how does he do it? So I asked him this question in huh. my in my show, and he kind of gave a very interesting kind of make. He calls it fine tuning common sense. Yes, yes, yes. So he's like, what that. he does is fine tuning common yes. sense, and you know, I think that is such an he's, art, and he. It's. I think when he says fine-tuning common sense, I think what he means is he already knows what the end picture is. Yeah. He's just trying to see how that process of getting yeah. there is accurate no, or not. I'm, you know? I'm sometimes not <laughs> sure whether Ronnie is a good investment banker, lawyer. He's everything. <laughs> he's everything, right? He's I mean, everything. he's done it all. He's, he's done everything. it all. He's done he's, it all. Uh, he's amazing. He truly is. I've had... I, I remember another incident sitting in that massive conference, conference room. room yeah. And uh, we were talking about... Jodha Akbar yeah. had just been oh, launched. Yeah, yeah, it was a was, huge yeah. super hit. And then we were bringing, oh yeah, so there was the other fight was that ZTV was bidding for Jodha Akbar and they were willing yeah, to give course, some because UTV movies had right? to make money. With so I said, but you can't give it to UTV. He said, why can't I give it to you? It has to be a hands-off deal. I said, on the one hand, you talk about hands-off deal. On the other hand, you talk about synergy. I said, where the hell is your synergy now? UTV movies needs to launch with a movie like Jodha Akbar. I said, how can you give... You're asking me to give away 20 crores. I said, yes, I am asking you to give away 20 crores. Let's talk about it. So that's how we got Jodha Akbar, right? After a lot of uh, battles. And there we are in the conference room and Ronnie says, okay, can I see the marketing plan? And we show him the marketing plan and he looks at it and I don't like these hoardings. And, uh, And then I remember that a long time back, 
he used to design his own hoardings for their movies in the initial days of UTV motion pictures. And I stared at him and he's, he's just going to have a paper. He takes a blank sheet of paper. And there's my head of marketing. And all of us are sitting over there and watching. What is Ronnie doing? He takes a sheet of paper. He turns it into the four by three aspect ratio. And he starts drawing the hoarding on the table. And he says, this is how it needs to look. So this is Rithik Roshan. This is Aishwarya here. This is where the logo comes. And... I just couldn't stop. So I put my hand right there on top of the paper and I said, stop. <laughs> and he was like, what? I was like, stop. You pay me a lot of money to do this. You're paying a lot of money to all of us here to take these decisions. Stop. You don't like what's been given to you? We'll, we'll do it again. But don't start sketching a hoarding here, please. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's how we... Uh, that's that was Ronnie. He's but great, he, but you know he's very passionate and also Jamie. very dispassionate at the same exactly. time. Exactly, right? that's an amazing combination to have. That's an amazing combination to have. That he's extremely passionate about what he does, and he's extremely he can because let see, go. I think, you know, and I think the best decision of probably his life and even my life was to sell at the right time to Disney because people who didn't sell, we all know what's happened to all the other media exactly. companies today, right? Exactly. I mean, I think Ronnie sold so, at a high. So when Ronnie sold, I, those words came back to me. Don't ever be emotionally attached to your business because, you know, all everybody said, but how is he going to sell? How would he sell UTV motion pictures? You know, I mean, that's his baby. But yeah, I think it's the right decision at the right time. Mm-hmm. The Vishal Gondal Show will be right back after this break. Shunya one, Shunya one, Shunya one, a billion dollar acquisition. Another copycat startup got formed. No, the tech world in India is surely moving double the speed of this voiceover. Tune in to Shunya One every Tuesday to catch us talking to the smartest people we know on the IBM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So Dilshad, you had this amazing career, right? I mean, television, movies, all of that. And then, you know, you went through this UTV thing. And at what point of time you decided that, okay, now I'm done with television and going to do something else? In 2012. Okay. When I had my cancer. Ooh. And this was right after UTV or? This was four years after UTV. And what were you doing for those four I was years? doing the digital marketing and that stuff at that time. And I had a, a little baby at that time. So uh, so I was a little out of um, backing off from work. And then uh, when she was nine months old, I was, I had, I was diagnosed with cancer. Wow. So uh, <clears throat> that's the time I decided and that th- that must be one to. of the toughest days of your life, I guess. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know actually. Um, I had a very serious car accident, which I think was way tougher for me um, because it took me two years to recover from that. But um, yes, uh, it was tough because I always thought I was super fit and super healthy. And, um, you know, I could swim 36 laps of a full swimming pool and a 50-meter pool. And I, and I couldn't believe I had the cancer. I just couldn't. I refused to believe it for the longest time. And, um, yeah, it was. Uh, but I, 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 I think I jumped back really quickly in the sense that I didn't let it pull me down or or make me sad or any of that. I, mm-hmm. it's, it was just. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that 
um, even when I had my accident, I so clearly remember my mom and dad saying, okay, fine, so you've crashed up and yeah, yeah, we've got a series of surgeries to go through. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. You know, there was never any, um, oh, my poor little baby. Oh, no, but having, no, no, but having an accident is, you know, different, right? Okay, you know, you break a few bones here and there. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, having cancer is is a very well, different it was, diagnostics, uh, right? I think, I think there was a lot. Uh, I had a great husband who didn't make a big deal out of it. I had a nine-month-old baby whom I had to get back to really quickly. And uh, I had a great mom who just sailed in, you know, with her operational powers that be and organized everything in the house. And it was, um, I I think I bounced back pretty fast. I had some, I had some bad experiences in the beginning. Um, I didn't go to the right doctors. I didn't go to the right hospital. And again, like flow with the tide kind of thing. I didn't do my research, which was all big mistakes that I made uh, in retrospect. And once I got to Tara Memorial, then I knew I was safe. And I was home. And after that, I've just... Oh, but you know, not everybody can get to Tata Memorial. Right? An average person, no. you know, would go to a nearest hospital yeah, or some big hospital. which is what I did. Which is what I did. I went to Apollo Hospital where the surgery was incomplete. In incomplete. Several, incomplete in several different ways. And um, they didn't find my sentinel lymph node, which is the, the lymph node that tells you whether the cancer has progressed through the body. And uh, so once they take the tumor out, you can't identify which lymph node is the central lymph node any longer. And so when I went to Tara Memorial with my with um, the sheets of operational procedures, the first thing the doctors there said was, he says, I'm so sorry, but I have to take you right in because your surgery is incomplete. And I said, so what are you going to do now? Uh, he says, well, if you were 60, I would have said just remove all the lymph nodes. But um, since you're so young, we'll... Um, we'll do what we term as a lymph node biopsy, which means we'll take out three to four lymph nodes from in and around that area and we'll test them. And if they're clear, we'll just close you up. If they're not clear, then we'll open it all up. So within three weeks, I was back in surgery. And, uh, and it was, so I said, so what are my chances of, of the cancer reoccurring? He says, well, let's say 2%. But then that's the chance in any two case. Say, so that's the chance in any case. So I was like, okay, fine, then let's go with it. Let's just do it. And that was how long did the whole uh, recovery process? And uh, then uh, I had uh, radiotherapy for um, uh, 30 sessions. That was about six weeks. 30 sessions. Wow. Yeah. But fortunately, I didn't have to do any chemo mm-hmm. because the kind of cancer I had uh, did not require chemo. So what, is, what is it called? Sorry, it's called the... It was the, breast cancer. It was the, tubular carcinoma. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> the um, Apollo Hospital had said six sessions of chemotherapy, which Tara Memorial said absolutely not necessary. And um, I think uh, by uh, this was in March 2012, I was done by October 2012. Yeah, I was, and then it took me a year to recover from that. I'd lost almost 12 kilos. Uh, I was down to. Forty-nine kilos, which I've never been in my life, but uh, yeah, I bounced back pretty fast. But I think you know, and especially now (laughs) that you know you are hearing so many cancer diagnostics in the country, how does anybody figure this out, right? I mean, Apollo and all these hospitals are supposed to be good at what they are doing. I my I came to one very simple conclusion after the entire experience that. 
the only place that you should be treating cancer in india is tara memorial or aims in delhi all these other private hospitals if a doctor there sees 50 patients a week tara sees 500 a day all right and that's the level of experience that you're talking about so and i feel that a lot of people just do you know it's a hit and miss trial carpet and error bombing. Yeah, carpet, carpet bombing. bombing approach which i think is is um, is what it just kills you as as a patient it just kills you so the main thing now for me is just uh, to keep healthy stay healthy um i was always into fitness but um i and i always loved good food so food was Parsi, was yeah you know, i know uh, i loved food so today uh, i curtail it i i i eat much lesser quantities um i look at that bacon and that sausage and i salivate and then i say oh what the hell i can have one so i have one i'm not going to deny myself that but i stay healthy and uh, thanks to this mm, the goki oh yeah you are one you are among the earliest users of goki right yeah goki fan um it it's my conscience it really is my conscience so last 3 or 4 days i haven't um, gone out for a run because of the weather and it keeps reminding me when i see that blank 0% that i haven't done any steps besides just walking to office and back so it's i think um, i think i think cancer was uh, was an awakening mm-hmm. and um, it was something that was in the family you know like dr badwe who's the head of tata memorial when he saw my sheet uh, he looked at it and he said so which part of family history did you not understand <laughs> so I, i immediately fell in love with him i said this guy with this sense of dark sense of humor and so i I've, i've had it from all sides i was i was like packed in from every direction with cancer so basically you, you do think genetics play a big role in this i would say at least for me yes for me yes because uh, i had it from my my mom's side and from my dad's side my grandmother my masi my aunt from my dad's sister my mom's sister so because you know if you talk to luke i mean luke has a very yeah. different view yeah. on this yes. and you know yes he this does this whole thing about yeah. uh, you know that everybody has good genes and bad genes it's so, how these genes get triggered so i saw luke's uh, video the other day which i found so fascinating where he talked about the study that they had done and discovered the four common things yeah. that yeah. every cancer patient seems to have and um if i remember them was a uh, lack of sleep Uh, which i clearly had clearly constipation, constipation acidity mm-hmm. and there was one more um yeah a, a great emotional distress uh, yeah. yeah and my father had passed away and so i was like wow you know it couldn't so have i was discussing this with with luke and he exact he said that the minute he meets a cancer patient he can tell that they've had a divorce or a bad marriage i mean or yeah. you know he, he has like 20 things which he says now i'm like just figuring out all these things in yeah. common yeah it was amazing when i saw that video a couple of weeks back i wrote to luke and i said to him i said wow you know i wish i'd known this earlier i really wish i had known this earlier and uh, it's like a checkbox i had them i had all four yeah but since you know your recovery from cancer you have like bounced back and got right you are going yeah. to everest and now you are like all into trekking yeah so see again it's the same thing like see no planning no goal i just wake up one morning and i say i'm going to everest base camp and so i wake i literally literally wake up and i and an this action, is post your surgery this is post surgery yeah. this was in uh, this would have been about a year after so uh, october october 2013 and i wake up 
I'm sorry, I have a head for numbers and figures, so I remember yeah, the dates the as well. So, the MBA so well, October and 2013, I think it was 22nd of October, I wake up and I say, I'm going to Everest Base Camp. And actually, they just shut up and go back to sleep. I was like, no, I'm going to Everest Base Camp. And it was always my desire to And you never felt that. this before, right? You no. were married for a long time no, and no, Akshay no, used to no. go and you were like, okay. No, 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 no. I always thought, I said, why do people trek? I mean, it's such a useless thing to do. You know, why the hell would you just keep walking? What's the destination? And everybody why do you need a destination it's the experience it's the I was like how boring can it possibly be and so that was me my only trek I had ever done before that was as part of Adventure Diaries in Nat Geo when I had gone to Gormok and Gangotri which was a very chota mota four day trek and that was when I was 40 here at 45 post cancer I want to go to Everest Base Camp and um so actually of course I go back to sleep I was like no no I'm going to Everest Base Camp so I decided that I couldn't go alone. So I put this team together, you know, so I called up my friends, you're coming, are you coming, are you coming, are you coming? I conned a lot of people in saying, yeah, let's go to Everest Base Camp. And then we, I started training. And then um, that, that was October. And then in February of March of 2014, we were leaving on, in, on May 14th, 2014. In March, um, I was having this, uh, my consultation with my uncle. And uh, he said to me that, you know, the medication that you're on has a 0.2% chance of contracting uterine cancer. But it's nothing to worry about. Yeah, I just wanted like to 0.2%, let you know. They look as if, and I'm like, hang on. Rewind. I'm not taking that chance. So he says, uh, no, but Dilchar, you know, what do you... I said, I'll, I'll, I would rather elect for a surgery. I'm not taking that hmm. chance. I said, my daughter is three and a half. I can't take, not even a 0.2% chance. So much against his wishes... Again, the best doctors I found, you know, they all come into my life when I need them. I, this is another big story of how I found Dr. Varthi. Um, and um, she did my surgery and I told her, I said, I'm going to Everest Space Camp on May 14th. You have to get me back on my feet by April 1st. And it was March 12th. So she said, okay, um, if you are a good girl and you listen to me, I'll do that. And then that's what happened. I went in for surgery came back I was flat on my back for about three weeks and then I started walking again and I was I would walk 20 meters and I would just collapse I would walk another 20 meters and I would collapse I had absolutely no stamina I was down back to zero again wow. and um, Akshay would walk with me and he would stand over there and go what? And I would start whining. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm crazy. I can't do it. I, why don't you stop me? I can't do it. And then he would just stop whining. Get up. Stop crying. Stop whining. Get up. Walk. Walk. And um, so that's a great learning. Stop whining. Get up. Walk. You know, keep I moving, mean, just you know. keep moving. You know, the crying is not going to help. And so that's exactly what I did. So within about three weeks from that whining period, I had hit five kilometers. And then I said, Bas jo hai, so hai, abhi chalo. Let's go. And I think it was the most difficult thing I'd ever done in my life. I remember asking Bull Kumar, I said, Pala, can I will I be able to do this trek in my condition? And he said to me, uh, Dilshan, when your body gives up, your mind, mind will get you there. Exactly. The and mind, yeah. I don't think there is wiser words ever spoken because that last day, uh, Vishal, you've done this trek, yeah. so you know. Uh, shape. Yeah. Labuch, we did it more difficult because you got it easier because we gave, we learned from our experience. We did Labuche 
We left at 4.30. We reached Gorakshep at 9.30. 4.30 in the morning, we were walking with head torches. It was yeah. dark across that glacial moraine. Cold as yeah. hell. Yeah. And I remember walking and going. I've, I kept saying to Pavan, who was with me, Pavan, <laughs> yellow roses on my grave. Huh? Yellow roses. Don't give me any red roses. I'm going to die here. I'm going to die here. I was so cold. The, the the nostrils would be, you know, leaking yeah. and they would just freeze up. So every time you did this, yeah. you'd hear a katak sound because the yeah. ice was breaking. It was so cold. It was so miserable. We reached Gorakshep after five hours and we had to quickly had one And then you soup. immediately go, went ahead. Okay. So we didn't yeah, do that. Yeah, you didn't do that. Exactly. You learned from our experience. So we quickly had YY soup and then we headed to uh, base camp. So we hit base camp at about... 2.30 and then by the time we came back it was 5.30 so, so it had been that day was yeah, the most exhausting it was day. an 11 hour day and I remember trooping in and uh, one of my very dear friends had not been allowed to move on because she was feeling sick in Gorakshep so she was she was staying waiting for us at the lodge I remember going and sitting next to Gito and I put my head on her lap and I cried and I cried and I cried. I can't imagine how much I cried. You know, I think I cried I, for all the things that have happened in the last two years. I wow. just howled and howled and howled. And then she kept saying, you're just tired, baby. You're just tired. You're just tired. It was an 11 hour. But I think I needed to do that. Yeah. I had that for me. Was the a release catharsis. was important. Yeah. Yeah. It was so important to do that. And um so today I do a lot of talking about the cancer. I do a lot of talking to people saying there Man, is you've life You've been on so after. many forums, you've oh, yeah. been on so many magazines, I think it's so, TV shows. So many people ask me also, you know, the doctors at Tara, um, doctors at Apollo, please come and talk. I have friends who say, you know, my, my best friends had, uh, had cancer surgery. Please, Dilshad, will you talk to her? Because you're a living example. You know, people just give up. Yeah. And uh, to me, I, it's just a road bump. What are you giving up for? You know, it's just a road bump. Get on with it. I mean, stop whining. Get up. Move. Yeah, there was a time yeah. people used to die of, you know, small ailments, you know, yes. and average expectancy has gone up so high. Exactly. But again, it's about, I mean, cancer is a very emotional problem is what, you know, talking to Luke is what I understood that mind plays a huge yes. role. Huge, huge. Even in cancer. Huge. You know, negativity is what feeds absolutely. your cancer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I did, you know, Vishal, in these last five years that I have been in remission, um, I have removed all the negative people from my life because they are the yeah, manifestations yeah. of you know how do you remove negativity you have to start with something that's people, tangible yeah, exactly, right exactly. so I have st I, I just took them out of my life I unfriended them unfollowed them exactly. just took their name numbers off my phone I just, just just took them out of my life so a lot of that just went went away you know and now I've surrounded myself with strong people um, um, people who don't take no, bullshit from I mean, me, you know. And you know, I mean, just look at Kamal Karnatak, right? Exactly. This man, I mean, he's could amazing. Not run, and now he did this half, half marathon, marathon. At one hour fifty-one minutes. Amazing. I'm amazing. like, dude, this is like amazing. He's like elite. It, I mean, I think this guy is going to do one thirty. I wouldn't be surprised if he trains. He will, but he he beat his time by twenty minutes. Twenty from minutes. Last year. Or no, 15 minutes, that's what no, he But the said. minute you enter the Amazing. below two hour range, I mean, that's incredible. And that's the kind of people you want to be yeah, with, right? Really. Because you always want to see yeah. them do this stuff. I, I just believe that. I surround myself with positive people. And, now. and now you're all about adventure, mountaineering. Yeah. You know, I went to kids. every space camp again this year. Yeah, yeah. I went again in May. Uh, this time I took the longer route, uh, went via Gokyo Lakes. Um, I did the Zanskar rafting expedition. 
uh, last year um kuari pass i'm going to do anapurna next year and of year. course you met uh, rainer messner Last, Reinhold last Messner, year, right? yeah. Yeah. Reinhold Messner, this, this year. year, yeah. So Reinhold Messner is um, an old pal of Bulkumar's, and uh, Ryan, we did a series of on of uh, the Indian Himalayas with him as uh, MHE helped with the um, with the entire back end operations. It was a Swiss team that had come down to shoot with Reinhold, so that's where we met him the first time. He's my icon. He's truly my icon. I've worshipped this guy since I was fourteen years old, and to finally shake his hand was like. I was in I was in seventh heaven, and um, and then uh, I bumped into him on the way back. We were, you know, that last haul from Lukla from from Fakding to Lukla when mm. you're like, yeah. Yara, bahut ho log ya, you know? took a chopper from yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you took a chopper. So that last haul is like, you know, enough, man, enough. I can't do this anymore. Can't. And you're literally counting the steps. You know, trekking has taught me that. That's taught me that. When you're when you're just giving up, now take it a step at a time. Literally yeah. a step at a time. So I would count one, two, three, four. I'd reach twenty and I'd count one, two. I'd, so I reached this Lukla gate, that famous Lukla gate, and then I had this partner with me. My nephew was with me on the team, and he comes running out of the gate because he'd obviously reached there some two hours ahead of me, and he says. Mesna is here, and I was like, "Who?" And he goes, "Rainol Mesna." I was like, "Really?" At Lukla. At Lukla. Then he was shooting over there, and you know, when you say that it's all in the head, the tiredness just disappeared, and I just charged up, and I was like, "Yay, Rainol!" Gave a big hug. He no, gave and, me and a big hug. Not, and he's like a big guy, right? He's, he's like, a big guy, but a short guy. He's yeah. a squatty guy. He's like bull. Yeah. He's like big but short and squatty. And yeah, it was great fun meeting him again. and he was shooting this sequence and he's saying tell bull i want to shoot in siachen i was like eh come so i led this trek to siachen glacier last year of course that was so, uh, you know, that was so, yeah. again that was on some tv show right that was that more, was a tv show that had been done by eros now but that came later the trek okay. was supposed to be the idea they joined in later yes and i took um, arjun rampal and and um, um rp singh the cricketer and there was arunodai singh and uh, Oh God, I can't. So I really wanted names. to do it, but we did Everest Base Camp yes, that year, right? Yes, you did right? the same so year. But I'll tell you something: I am never, ever again taking famous people with me for a trek like that. Yeah. Ever. It was, it was just so harrowing. Arjun was fantastic. RP was fan. They were all great, but. My fear was, my God, if something happens to these people, I'm going to have the whole country down on me, you know, like a ton of bricks. So, so never so how again. So, how is Siachen different than the Everest trek? So, I found um, I found Siachen more um, in terms of the trek, hmm. it's much easier. But in terms of the environment, you're breathing, you're breathing in forty percent less oxygen. Oh. So every step is exhausting. every step so in terms of the terrain not difficult at all siachen yeah not not that not nothing that was not doable there are a lot of crevasses you had to rope yourself up all the time we had to walk in a rope and it, and you're walking on ice you know and it's it's a moraine so there's all this dark dirt on it which you don't realize under it is ice mm-hmm. so if you plant your foot in the wrong way you go oh. and you just slip you know so it took us a while to get used to that There's a portion on this on on the first day where you actually walk in, and then about two and a half kilometers down, there's a two kilometer stretch of pure ice, white ice, and you have to cross over that to carry on. That was hard because that was literally a ridge like this, and it's sloping down this side and sloping down on this side. 
and I don't walk with sticks because I feel that sticks Ooh. just encumber me. So I, and I was having a hard time because I was literally my body was at the sixty degree angle. Mm. I kept thinking I'm going to fall down right down into this ravine. But you had the ustads there, you had the army there was helping you, mm-hmm. and uh, it was great. I, was I remember you know experience. during one of my Delhi trips, I had also met you when you had this crazy idea of doing some tracking with GPS and for your daughter. What happened to that idea? I was like, so um, that was actually an idea that came in from my brother. Oh. Yeah, that was my brother's idea where uh, it was, uh, that was the time when we were all worried about our little kids and we still are. But um, Especially in Delhi, yeah. Especially in Delhi, especially in Delhi. So um, she's now six and I don't think, I mean, the whole thing looked, uh, the whole idea looked great on paper. But when you realize it, will, will a four-year-old actually keep something like this strapped on their hand? Yeah. No. That's a problem. And if you make it permanent... Then uh, it's likelihood of somebody just chopping the hand off to get rid of that is is much higher. So instead, I just taught, I just put my child in kung fu classes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so for the last one year, she's been learning kung fu, and oh, she's good. Good at that. She can she's kick some serious ass. Good. Okay. She can kick some serious ass. Wow. She's good. So I said, you know, that's your protection <laughs> you know you will be good so, with so this. what's coming up next you have now done it all right so are you planning to go to space or you know no, what's your no, next no, 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 you know no, astronaut no, no, or you know so you know what the thing is i i don't do scuba this scuba diving scuba diving yes oh. i want to do that i really do but i've been okay, told I, like I really want to do it i've been wanting to do it for several several years now but my ent keeps telling me you can't because i have this dns issue and um, and sinus severe sinusitis. So he says, I said, look, you said the same thing to me when I went to Everest Base Camp. You said I won't be able to. You said to me the same thing when I went to Siachen that I won't be. I said I can do it. So let me do this. So definitely next February. Um, I um, so there's this course in Noida, in Noida, mind you, where they have this big tank where they teach you. Uh, they give you a paddy license. Wow. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to do that four day, five day course. Yeah, <laughs> because why would I waste my money and my yeah, time getting a paddy license in, in Thailand? Or oh, yeah. I would rather just jump in and start diving there. Right. So I'm going to swallow my pride and go here and I'm going to get my license. <laughs> and what, and then, how would you tell people that you did it in a tank in, in a Noida? Tank, yeah, in a tank in Noida. I, I get my license. I can jump into the waters in Malaysia the day I land. I'm happy to do it. So that's the next plan. If very, I have very short-term plans. So that's my next plan. And with MHE now, what are you? I mean, you are taking the company to really the next. Oh, uh, with upstream. MHE, yeah, we we are focusing a lot. Um, um, we're tied in with the name Mercury Himalayan Explorations because uh, we are no longer just Himalayan. And we're no longer just explorations. We're more about active holidays. And mm. to me, I think that was the the grander, greater space to be in is um, everybody is looking to experiment with. Nobody just wants to go and sit in a five-star hotel and pay patta anymore, mm. you know. And so I think active holidays is the space that we are no, and it's big, right? I mean, we in. do that every year, literally, yeah. right? I mean, we are the best. So, the one, one of the things that we have started now, and we've been doing it very successfully for the last five years, is we do a lot of skiing trips. So, yeah, Gulmarg, yeah. yeah, Gulmarg now will start February and March is skiing for MHE. I mean, and we have introduced so many families. So, everybody calls me and says, My child is only four. I was like, Yeah, good age to learn skiing. At four years old? At four years old? I was like, Yeah, well, my daughter was four. I was 50. So, yeah, we both learned skiing together together you know and uh, i think 
So that's what no, we are doing that's now. That's definitely in my list of you know we have to take the boys. Oh, but you must learn how to ski. You must. Last I, time we had gone to Gulbarg, but that was more like a holiday, right? So you know, yeah. I did. Now, the thing about skiing again is that I did it for uh, five years. I I couldn't catch the poles. All right, every time I caught the poles, I would fall, and I was very afraid of dislocating both my shoulders, which I've dislocated multiple times before. So I and every time I skied, I had a big trek coming up, Everest Base Camp or Siachen so, or something so, like so that. So if somebody wants to come for one of these ski lessons or you know just come. so what is is there a website how does yeah the, there's a website MHE. Which, uh, just the mhe skiing in gulmarg just search mhe skiing in gulmarg and it comes up and, and like 7 days 6 days typically it's 5 nights 6 days and by day 3 you're mostly up on the higher slopes akshay teaches everybody we have a great team of instructors yeah. so and, uh, i'm promising that yeah, next year come, we're coming with the come. kids yeah, so we, we need to fe- plan we're that. doing plan it for february or march we're all going Yeah. We're going. I I pull my daughter out of school and she's got great I mean she is such a phenomenal skier. She's a little punt pint size thing <laughs> but she zips no, down with with a, a dad a grandfather and a mother like this. <laughs> I can amazing. only imagine she's going to only In fact, I asked heights, the school yeah. I said you know are you sure I can pull her out for like 10 days and they, and and I love the response I get from the school as well. She's going to learn a lot more skiing than she's going to learn in this classroom in 10 days so please take her. <laughs> you know? And uh, so yeah, skiing is fun. I learned at the age of fifty, Vishal. I can't tell you what an exhilarating experience it was coming down from Kangdori to Gulmarg. You know, from phase one, I was like this. Wow, I'm actually skiing, and at the back of my head, I'm going. I think I'm moving too fast. I'm going to break my neck if I fall. I'm moving too fast. I'm going to break my neck if I fall. But it was amazing. So amazing. you know, you have done so many variety of things. If somebody has to ask you that, what are the three things you have learned not to do again? what will that be learned not to do again because there are many things you have done so what have you what do you not want to do again i would answer that question uh, in in the intangible i think the one thing that i would i have learned never to do again is to underestimate my ability and to underestimate my body and to underestimate my mind because i think um, that is one thing i i will never do again um The second thing is um planning. I don't do my life's personal planning. I never do. So you want to do the planning now or no, you No, no, no. I will never do it again. You know there were always plans okay. in the beginning, no, that acha ab ye karenge fir ye karenge. Now to I don't even know in I I keep thinking I'm going to Annapurna in May, but I have no plan. I haven't booked my ticket. I haven't done anything. I'll probably wake up in February and book my ticket or so um I'm not much of a planner. Never was, but for sure not any longer and what would be the third thing my god that i would never do again is um is wine i think one of the biggest yeah, things that we complain, do yeah. is we whine a lot about everything and uh, i just i i wasn't much of a whiner but i just totally stopped with the whining i mean you know yeah i i have problems i have severe backache and akshay said why don't you just go i was like I'm living with it. Why are you whining? Yeah. You know. So it's interesting that uh, so I you know few weeks back I was with Satya Nadella and he hmm. la- he launched his yeah. book and he has a very um, interesting quote in his book. He says, "A role of a leader is to find rose petals in a bed of shit." That's so true. You know. That is so, so true. Life is full of shit, right? Yeah. I mean, it's about yeah, finding yeah, rose petals yeah. there and not complaining Absolutely. about the shit. Absolutely, just there, stop right? the complaining. Stop. Yeah. I can't take people who complain. I cannot take pessimists. I just. I get physically upset when I hear 
pessimism around me. I just can't accept it. Well, I think, and that's you know, I mean, since you've been on Goki, right? Our whole philosophy was around Absolutely. being positive about everything, Absolutely. right? There's no Absolutely. right or wrong. Absolutely, it's about just being. That's positive. why I love the community because I, I, I love being. I hate WhatsApp groups mostly, but I love the WhatsApp groups of Goki because you, you get to hear some great motivating stuff every yeah. day. You know, yeah. from people who've achieved so many things that surprise themselves. Exactly, which yeah. is great. Exactly, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, t- out of all the world movies there are, what are the three movies you recommend everybody to see? Because wow. that's one of my problems, right? I mean, you just don't um, know, you know, out maybe outside of Hollywood and Bollywood. I mean, which movies so would one see? I would. Okay, Jean Renoir's La Regla de Jeu, which is so the rules French, of the game. Yeah. French. But that's again esoteric, old, black and white, but. Mm-hmm. fabulous movie it's even today um i would watch any of the korean blood brother movies any of them they're all fantastic brilliant fighting fantastic sequences editing any, is any kach, movie kach, kach. name any movie name uh can't remember now blood brothers okay blood brothers okay. was one um and uh which of course majid majidi i mean iranian movies yeah. is you know if you're looking for that kind of a pace he's just totally brilliant so i think the festival is going on right now but unfortunately you're not going to be able to catch anything yeah. this time and the three treks people should do in three their lives treks they should do in their lives everest base camp i would say for sure well i have done that for sure the next two um i would uh, I found Kuwari Pass trek tougher than EBC. What is more fun? Let's not fun. talk about fun. Let's talk tough. about fun. Uh um the rather than a trek if you want fun I would do the Zanskar rafting expedition. Mhm. That is just wow. pure joy. In summer that's in summer. July. July. July yeah. August. Pure joy. My okay. god when you hit that grade 5 rapid and the boat goes like that mm-hmm. and you guys Splashed of icy cold, minus five degrees temperature water. You all have, you all wear this. You just like, you know, it's gorgeous. And the third, and the third, I which I am planning to do now. I believe it's the one of the most beautiful treks is Annapurna, mm-hmm. Annapurna base camp. The circuit or just the base no, camp? No, the base camp, the Annapurna that's base camp, the Machu Picchu base camp. Yeah, I believe that's gorgeous. It's not as high in altitude, but I'm told it's one of the prettiest treks that Nepal offers. Yeah. and so, how do you introduce how does people introduce their kids to all this amazing world of trekking and all of that they just get on to our website or they just call and and how old can kids do this now like for the treks uh, everest base camp i would mm. not take anybody who's below 12 But, I'll take I my mean, own kid, yeah, but, but I won't take but, anyone else. What other other kind of treks? Uh, skiing, you can do it at four. Zanskar, mm-hmm. you have to be fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, for any kind of rafting, now you have to be fourteen minimum. Uh, skiing, you start at three, three and a half. And uh, the best place to ski in India is Kashmir. Gulmarg, yeah, without a doubt, there is no other place. There is no other place. And um, for trekking, I took Saira for a trek to Kashmir when she was four and a half. and she trekked uh, 12 kilometers on day 1 without a grumble mm-hmm. at four and a half so what are the three most amazing parsi dishes you recommend people to try dhansak of course dhansak everybody has done dhansak made by me okay so now All right. now that okay. i have to try i have not yeah. done that yet let's let's get that very clear dhansak in every parsi household tastes different okay all right no two dhansaks are the same so my mom and mine 
and of course my masi because we all share the same recipes um prawn curry rice oh parsi style mm yum okay. yum and very difficult to make it takes me 3 hours to make that dan masala you know so i wait for my mother to come sailing in and make the masala for me uh dhansa prawn curry rice and um uh the simplest what we call dhandar which is basically arhar dal chawal and um kolmino patio prawn patia prawn patia as you see everything has rice in it yeah and prawns and prawns wow yeah that's my favorite three top and three recommendations and which are the three holiday destinations you like to go kashmir to? for sure uh lake kashmir is no longer safe and all that oh yeah area. oh yeah you know i mean i i get really upset with people who go oh, kashmir and all who i mean you know nowhere in india is it safe. you go to new york right yeah. you went to london right they just had the bombing there did that stop you come on for heaven's sake grow up uh gulmarg is fabulous it's beautiful and it's absolutely and totally safe whether you go in the summers or in the winters uh i would say kashmir number 1 um the black forest area in germany lake titise area number 2 beautiful postcard pretty mm. um absolutely gorgeous and um if it was uh if i had to choose anywhere else in the world where i, I haven't been right now i want to go and see the northern lights Well, that's I, that, my. That's I have done that. So Harpreet yeah. and I had been in Iceland. Yeah, I want to do that. That is amazing. I, I want to do that. That's absolutely one of the must-do things in the world. It, it has to be. I'm just waiting for my daughter to grow up a little bit. One of the things I would never do ever again: Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> well, you know, you it's couldn't... one of those rituals which oh, kids have to Disney do. Disney World. Once. We did it last three months back. You know, you have to give me a medal for that, and you have to pay me a lot of money to go back again. I'd never do it. But she had a blast. Interestingly, yeah. when I asked my six-year-old, so Sarah, what did you like about Disney World? She does not mention anything about Disney World. The only thing she remembers is the ride, uh, which was Space the Mountain. Everest. No, the no. Everest ride. Oh, they have an Everest ride. They have also. an Everest ride now, which was so scary. When I got off it, I just started howling. Oh. I just howled and I howled and I howled, and I was like, I'm never doing this again. And she was like, That was fun. Let's go again. That's all she remembers about Disney World. So what is this one piece of hardware or equipment or anything which you own which is less than 10000 rupees and you recommend everybody to get my goki oh is that so absolutely so how many people have you now got on so, goki so you know what every time i send anybody recommendations and i ask them have you use my reference because you'll get a discount number no everybody loses the reference mm-hmm. but they have i have about five friends In fact, I just connected with um, KK from Goki, saying mm-hmm. I've got one friend who's I've managed to convince after almost a year mm-hmm. to get onto Goki. She's got severe migraine, severe um, health issues. I said, please get her a good coach because she really needs. I've taken me so long to get her on board, and she needs to see benefits uh, quickly. Um, I think this is one of the best things that I'm. I, I'm not a gadget freak, otherwise, as you can see. Oh well, the, I bought this Sunto, mm-hmm. which normally costs thirty-two thousand, but I bought it for six and a half. How was that? Um, there was a sale going on in Amazon that lasted eight hours. <laughs> wow! And I spotted it and I just picked it up. But that's it. I'm, I'm no no gadgets, otherwise. And what are your life hacks? What are the things you do to make your life simpler, either on the ground or the mountains or anywhere else? I don't worry too much. That's not a life hack. It's a life hack. I don't worry too much about the future. I don't worry at all. Um um 
do I have a life hack? I know your life hack is to wear red, red every day, right? <laughs> so that it makes life so much easier for you. But I, I would just die if I had to wear the same color every day. But um, I've taken away shoes that need to be polished from my life okay. completely. Because I don't As want a to, woman, it's a big deal, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't want to sit over there and polish. My, I'm just, forget it. So it's cloth shoes which just go into the washing machine and come out. So I have like four of these pairs. Um I uh, I don't wear much jewelry. I wear um I don't like to keep changing my stuff because it's I find it most annoying and I lose everything. So I've decided now so I threw put everything away. I don't want it. I gave a lot of the stuff to my friends. Don't want. It makes life easy for me. Um what is my life three hack? God, I can't even remember. I I just like life easy. Uh yeah, one of my biggest hacks I think is not arguing with my daughter. <laughs> I think uh, I've I've learned you can't argue I with cannot the kids win today, yeah. I cannot win and I've learned that uh the more I raise my voice and get angry uh the less chances of that argument going anywhere so one of the biggest hacks I've learned is to talk really softly and say Saira I think we need to discuss this and you then have to talk to them almost like adults yeah because yeah. then suddenly you see those eyeballs expand hmm. and you got her attention but if you're going yeah 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 screaming <laughs> she's not listening so that's my biggest life hack yeah that's a, that's a life hack every parent yeah. needs to know I learned adopt, it right? the hard way about a couple of months back like if i talk really softly i she's listening but if i just wow. scream i'm like totally on deaf ears wow i must say dilshad your life is like a roller coaster <laughs> like i mean you've done all kinds of crazy things yeah. and you are only going ahead and going onwards and upwards so amazing it's been such a pleasure talking to thank you thank you thank and you for I'm having sure, me i'm sure no no i'm sure we're going to get you back here because now i think you're going to make some new world record oh, going into some oh you know what i have i'm going to apply to the limca book of world records Ooh. i'm probably the oldest person ever to have stepped on the siachen glacier oh i'm sure and the- as a woman for sure Wow. Because I had I had the commander at Because the Siachen Glacier. I didn't tell you this, mm-hmm. but he talked to me, and uh, he kept talking to Akshay while we were we being briefed. So finally, Akshay said, "You know, sir, she's leading the expedition." So then he turned his direction towards me, and he says, "If I had my way, madam, nobody over forty would step on my glacier." Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, "It's pretty good. You don't have your way, then, right?" Mm-hmm. So when we came back, I went up and I shook his hand and I said, "Colonel, not only did you not have your way." I am almost 50 and I stepped on your glacier guess what and I was like you know that was the breaking of so many myths in one shot especially where the indian army is concerned i think that was a great great thing to do oh, I, you know you are possibly the poster child the you know the biggest icon when it comes to breaking the barriers you know people think that oh cancer is the end of the world but after you know your remission it's just I mean, the beginning yeah it's just the it's beginning it's the beginning for me it's, it's been a beginning of an all new world yeah it's like you've been able to reboot your system yes absolutely and you know get to a completely new you so absolute pleasure and we are going to get you back on the show and Thank everybody you. out there you need to now go with dilshad to one <laughs> of our expeditions and see how amazing she is Thank you. Thanks Thank a lot you. again. Thank Dishan. you for having me. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you so much.
एक्सक्यूज मी भैया एक्सक्यूज मी बोले मैडम मेन्यू में क्या है मेन्यू में सीन अनसीन है पॉडकास्ट है ऑनकोस है साइरस है मेर इन इंडिया रीडिस्कवरी प्रोजेक्ट एम्पावरिंग सीरीज सेक्स वेक्स है आई एम लाइक्स है सिम्पलीफाइड है कीपिंग इट क्वेयर है टिंगस डेस्टिनेशन है माई नेबर सकरबर्ग है और द फैन कराजे आपको क्या चाहिए एक बार रिपीट कर देंगे क्या रिपीट रिपीट नहीं करता हम आप जाओ आई पे और सुनो ये सब या फिर डाउनलोड करो उनका ऐप सब आपकी उंगलियों पर